There we go. Here we go. Episode 482. I think I wrote that down correctly. Uh, 482 with Michael Palasak here with me, Justin Severson. No Laugh Track Podcast, Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. Michael is here in town headlining once again at Acme. Yep, wave to every camera. Yep, there you go. Now, yep, there you go. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats on another week at Acme, sir. Oh, uh, thank you. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I uh, back backstage before the show last night. It was the uh, feature and hosts first time featuring and hosting, and uh, it's uh, hamburger. Yes, Joey hamburger. Joey hamburger. And uh, Elise Cole. Elise, thank you. Yeah. I it was Elise, but I didn't remember her last name. And um, it was so funny because Elise came into the room and she saw Joey and she got so excited. Because she didn't know that he was hosting because he had never hosted before. And I was like, I'm not going to hold it against you that you weren't that excited to see me. <laughs> <laughs> but they were both. I was talking to my mom about it last night because we, we touch base all the time. And uh, and she was like, it must be fun to be around people with that kind of energy. And I think I think it is. But also, I think Acme just brings that out in general in comics. Like People are always excited to be here. Did you want to go, it's my first time too, just to, <laughs> to get in the group? <laughs> I was just like, I watched both of their sets too. I always watch uh, all the hosts and then the feature until I have to go to the bathroom. And, uh, well, because you, you, know, you don't want to have to go when you're on stage. <laughs> and, uh, and they both had that like, if a comedian is good, that's, also, that's good. But if, they, if you also have that thing that makes you feel like this is the show that you're doing right now, just this one, and you're not worried about the one before or the one after, and you're so, that's like an extra level of funny, and I think they both have that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a really cool thing to say. Yeah. Where did you first become a uh, MC or feature? Same place? No, no. Uh, oh, at the same club? Yeah. So, no, I started out in the suburbs of Chicago. Right. Which is kind of cool because it, there was a club scene, like, not, mm-ts, mm-ts, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, party be- boy, Michael Palisade. In between techno, can I do some jokes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a rave, in other words. What's the deal it. with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was uh, there was the Barrel of Laughs in Oaklawn, and then Riddles in Orland Park, which was like my parents' house was right in between them, and that's where I was based out of. <laughs> it was my parents' house when I started, and uh, the Barrel of Laughs was hosted by the owner of the club, who's a comedian. So he hosted every show. Okay. So you wouldn't host there; you would do a guest spot, oh. and then feature eventually. And I remember the first time I was like, oh, can I get a hosting spot? He's like, Michael, I'm, I'm the host. <laughs> I host there. I was like, oh, okay. So also, I signed the checks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I guest spotted there, and then they were the first club to feature me. But the first club that I hosted at was Riddles, which was in Orland Park, and that was, a, that was like a hot room at the time. And they moved recently, and I'm sure they're good too, but um, uh, that was the first club to like host, host me. Do you remember who you got to work with? Yeah, uh, Don Reese. Have you ever seen Don Reese? He's like the monster of the Midwest or something like okay, that. Okay, I've seen that name. He's got in his headshot. He was bald and had sunglasses on, and he was the nicest guy. Like he was really funny, and then he was the nicest guy. He like gave me his CD, which I think is really cool. Like both me and my friend was featuring uh, Denise Ramson. She was the feature, and she's super funny. And uh, I, I was like, oh, this is the comedian who I opened for his first or my CD, and and he said like really nice stuff about me, and. Uh, like that week was a good week. Um, there were other ones that were harder, but that one was really fun. Did you take that uh, from him, and now you give your CD to all your features? I don't, because I feel like <laughs> what I thought about with him was so cool. Like I didn't feel like he was being like, "Oh, you want this?" He was just like, "This is a nice thing I'm doing." 
You know what I mean? Whereas, right. Like, but it could come across as well. That. I feel like I would. I, I I wouldn't want it to come across that way. But I I feel like if I were to give like another comedian a piece of merch, I'd be like, you know, you know, you want that. And like like I would afraid that they would. I'd be afraid that they do it that way. Here, maybe you can work up to something like this. I'm too like uh, <laughs> self conscious to be like, oh, you want. <laughs> like I think, I don't know. I was thinking about that because uh, this is a weird transition, but um, yeah. My first, like, late-night set was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and I thought, like, he was really good at being like, oh, your parents are here. They want a picture. And I was like, exactly. That's exactly what they would like. And he was the only one out of all the late-night hosts that took a picture with my family. And he, like, waved them down from the crowd. Some guy who wasn't my dad started to come down because he thought that he would just get in it. <laughs> yeah, he's like me. I was like, no, that's not my dad. So that guy didn't get a picture. But, like, he took a picture with my parents, and uh, before the show, he came over and introduced himself and, like, just gave me all of The Tonight Show advice, and I thought that was so cool to uh because it was something we wanted and i mean he's he was he's hugely famous so of course but uh it was and he wasn't like awkward about it it was just like this is my job and it's fun and it was fun for everybody and just seeing him in interviews now because he's talking about the fire thing a lot yes he is such a down-to-earth hugely famous like guy like he just seems like he's so in in touch with his success but also with just being a normal human and i i think people overlook that a lot when it comes to him I think so too. Um, I always had a thing against Jay Leno because I hate. I thought he was a terrible interviewer. But I respect the fact. And I think it has to do with what you said. Uh, <coughs> is that throughout his, all of his success, he still went out on tour, and he, still did shows as, re- a, as a working comic. Mm-hmm. I read the book. There's a book. I haven't read the one between him and Letterman, but I read the Conan one. And I don't, I don't know what he. I don't know what Jay would say about this because obviously, he likes doing all of it. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it. But they were sort of implying that he just loves stand-up, and this show was a way to do that, like to get his, like as a way we're doing a podcast or something sure. like that. And he only lived off his stand-up money and still does stand-up. So I don't think that, yeah, it's not, it's a, di- it's not like, yeah, the interviewing isn't the thing no. for him. But uh, I would never say that to him. I'd be like, oh, I'm so happy <laughs> to be interviewed by you. But at the same time, it's like that there's an honesty there where that I appreciate where it's like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this cause this is the thing, but, and I'm, this is fun and job, but it's not like there was no false. I didn't feel like it was ever fake. It was just like, this is sure. just, sure. it was a, it was sort of like you go into a restaurant and someone's nice to you because they, they, they're supposed to, it's felt like he was nice to you cause he, he knew that was the right thing to do. I love that. Yeah. So I, uh, thing I do sometimes is I search my guest's name on eBay. Oh, cool. For some reason, uh, eBay kept correcting your name, your last name, to some like Hispanic name. <laughs> That's uh, because of the baseball cards. <laughs> it must be. Probably. It must I don't be. know. But I played baseball. Gr- so I don't mean to interrupt, but I played baseball growing up, and American Legion is like the level between like high school and college, kind of. Yeah. Like you play in the summer in high school, and my coach is like, because it was like the time when you would have a chance to maybe go play in college after that, and he's like, Michael, we need to change your name to Miguel because you might get a lot more scouts, <laughs> a lot more scouts to come watch you, <laughs> based on how you're doing right now. And I was like, <laughs> you could say that, sir, but I cannot in the 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So uh, I think so. Your name did pop up mm-hmm. on. Uh, on eBay, and it, this is crazy that you brought up Jay Leno. Yeah, because this is what's for sale. Can you see that right there? I can. S- I can see it. Okay, but it, I can't read it. There you go. What is this? You, that's a picture of it. Yeah, that's a screenshot. It's the For Your Consideration DVD. What? 
Yes. That's awesome. Can you send me that? Yes. I want to buy that. <laughs> for real? <laughs> yeah. So for uh, so people uh, that isn't me, that aren't me or Michael looking at this, it's the NBC Emmy DVD late night show. It's a DVD that they would have sent out. What what year was it? 2006? Uh, this was 2010. Six, seven, ten? It was okay. the summer of 2010. So this is the DVD they would have sent out to the Emmy people that vote for the Emmys yeah. to maybe get their vote. If you want to buy it right now, I'll pay you back just so someone doesn't buy it. <laughs> we, we could do that. So for $20.50. Yeah. You are going to... Um, I'll pay you, you 21 You, Michael Palasak, <laughs> are going to own the DVD co copy of this for your consideration. It has an episode of Saturday Night Live. It has an episode of Jimmy Fallon uh, featuring Bruce Springsteen. It has an episode of Last Call with Carson Daly. And it has an episode of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno featuring Steve Carell, Jane Lynch, Michael Palasak. Printed on the official Universal Studios DVD. How cool is that? That's really cool. First off, you don't have to. We can buy it right afterwards because I want you to mail it to my house. Uh, <laughs> secondly, I think it'd be funny if Steve Carell was selling that. Like that would be the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I gotta get rid of this stuff. Um, I uh, I love that because uh, I remember that show was in the summer and it was Steve Carell and Jane Lynch, and uh, that's why that was the show that was submitted. Like <laughs> maybe hey, we, uh, maybe uh, it was we that hot four and a half minutes about living with my parents. Maybe. Um, Damn right. But. Uh, I remember that because I got a Google alert when that came out, and I used to kind of try to put that on resumes or whatever. I was like, well, no one even knows what that is, but now I have proof. <laughs> I'm going to frame that. Boom. And I'm gonna See? In my house. <laughs> See? So you just mentioned it now, and you also mentioned it last night during your set about living with your parents. Uh -huh. Living with your parents until your mid to late 20s? Oh, yeah. Uh, Correct? Yeah. My, my joke is now I just keep saying the word late. Because, <laughs> Mike, I still have my – I bought a Jeep when I lived there, uh, Jeep Cherokee. I think I think that's okay to say. Uh, uh, Jeep Native American. <laughs> it's inappropriate to even joke about. Um, but it is a very good car, and I hope everybody gets a cut of it that should. Um, <clears throat> it's four-wheel drive. You don't need that for the, for the LA weather, so I left it there. Okay. And it's really nice because my mom has to move it every day to leave, and my dad will take it to get its oil changed. <laughs> what a pain in the ass. It's found a really good home. It's found a really and I offered to take it with me and offer to move it, but now my brother's back home a little bit, so he'll use it and my dad likes it. Uh I remember when I went to go buy it, I was just looking for something like smaller as a comic that's like a little more fuel efficient. And my dad like basically like whispered to the car and they pulled that around. I was like, Well, I'm not not gonna get that. That's the coolest car I've ever driven. And it did get me to gigs I wouldn't have been able to get to with a normal car. So I think it paid for itself eventually in that sense. Um, nice. And the I, environment will heal itself. But uh, I have a question for you about living at home in your 20s. Yeah. Dating. How, uh, did you, you dated, I assume yeah. you dated in your 20s. Yeah. Did you, uh, you know, things, you, hey, let's go back to, <laughs> how, how did you, how did you complete those sentences when you're out on a date? Let's go back to blank. First off, I care about the environment recycle. Secondly, uh, I, uh, so it wasn't just dating, living home with my parents. My parents, I was raised, I'm Catholic still. Uh, I was raised in a Catholic household, which is like, uh, no sex before marriage. And, uh, basically no, like my parents said I wasn't allowed to date till I was 16, but I think they, they still don't want to know if I'm, <laughs> like, I feel like when I was a kid growing up. And so there was that whole thing. I mean, I think they have a healthy, obviously they have a healthy experience with me dating people, but it was like, the good thing was I lived in, they lived in the suburbs and so I would do shows in the city a lot of the time. So yeah, I would go out on dates in the city, and then there's no, we're not coming back here anyways. Oh, too far. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually the more you got to know someone, the more, the more they get to know you as a person and know what your situation is, 
they're either going to take it or leave it. And then you just sort of go from there. Sure. And also I was a comedian on the road. So I was working a lot when I was home and then I was on the road. That's when you sort of got to hang out with people and do a lot of fun stuff. Sure, 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 sure. Um, Back then, you could host, you could be a host on the road. So it'd be like you're hanging out with your feature friend, and then the headliner's the new guy, and then you get to go out like you're in college, kind of, and it was fun. Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah. Hell and you're, yeah. Staying, you're all staying in a condo together. And um, that was the time that I sort of like, I didn't have an apartment, but that was like one of my roommates were the other comedians I was on the road with. Oh, sure. That makes um, sense. Do you miss sharing a, you don't have to share, when's the last time you shared a condo with another comedian? That's a good question. Um, I can't remember it. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think maybe the last time I was supposed to, I was just like, I think I'm going to put myself up. That's what it was. I was in. I'll sleep uh, outside. <laughs> I was in South Carolina and it was a last minute <clears throat> week and they were, the money was whatever. I wasn't going to complain, but they're like, oh, and the condo is really nice. And I could see when I got there how it used to be really nice, but like there was a huge, huge, like bigger than the half, first half, top half of my body side of like mold wetness on the bathroom wall. And it was just like, don't leave the door shut when you take a shower. And I was just like, all right, all right. I don't want to see the things they're not warning me about. Right. Like, you know? So I, and the other guy was really nice. And I could see why they would say it was really nice, but I was like, I'll just. I think it all works out. It all, I'll go get some Marriott points. And yeah. There you <laughs> go. Yep. For the record, you don't have to share when you come to Acme. They put you in your own uh, uh, No, it's a very room. nice very hotel nice. room. And uh, yeah. Yep. There we go. Uh, Kathleen Madigan. I, I see you've been opening up for her. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. She's got a new special coming out. This is my time to plug that. <laughs> no. She, I feel like, uh, I forget what it's called exactly, but it, it's something about um, Bigfoots and boxed wine. That might be the name of it, Box oh. Wine and Bigfoot. Okay. And uh, I met her in L.A. opening, uh, doing a show at Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa. And she was like, uh, I'm looking for someone near Wisconsin because I'm doing some dates in Wisconsin. And I was like, well, I can be near Wisconsin. <laughs> I have that capability. So I started working with her then. And then uh, I think we got along really well because we were both, like, Midwestern people. Like, her Irish Catholic family is way bigger than mine. But, like, there's a similar sensibility. She's super funny. Yeah. Um, but we both have a kind of we both like a similar kind of stand up, I think. Like we both talk about stand up in a similar way. And um and I like that. And uh I think she it works out for me. Um So how long have you been working with her? Just since like two thousand let's see. Two thousand thirteen at least. Okay. Maybe two thousand twelve. Yeah. yeah that's like great. Ten years now, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I Did do like a couple a couple like about one week a month, so very cool. Month, yeah. Very cool. Is there anybody else you do that with? I did one for Joe Gatto. He's oh, one of the, the practical yeah, jokers. Yeah. 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 Um, this summer, and he was really nice. He just like liked something on TikTok I liked, and my TikTok blew up like ten thousand followers. So he asked me to open. And I was like, Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. I Is that how he paid you in, in followers? Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some people pay you well. Um, Craig, I mean, I'm sure Joe was fine. Sometimes with those people who you don't know yet, their agents are just setting up. And so it's like, they don't know how you're not getting anything, but sure. Like, I don't think Joe would want to know that I didn't make any money. <laughs> um, Craig Ferguson, I used to work for when he came through Chicago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. And then, uh, when I worked, there was an improv comedy club by Chicago and they would get some big people and I got to open for Fallon there and Jeff Dunham. And then I worked with Kevin Hart one time downtown in Zanies. Never heard of him. Yeah, Kevin Hart. He's, a, he's an up and comer. Okay, I'll yeah. keep an eye out. Yeah, he's I'll got a couple of movies. Keep an eye out. out. So the last time you were here, you did the podcast was May of 2021. So yeah, yeah, a little over a year ago. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, Acme was just 
be opening back up to full capacity. Remember yeah, everyone days? had the bank teller. Yeah, the bank teller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't breathe on me. Um, we talked about your, uh, I, which I love the the fact that your album was marked explicit, the one that was recorded here, <laughs> because people were upset of when you talked about Vikings Packers. I think it was or Vikings. Bears well, I or said something. I was a Bears fan, and then people screamed obscenities at me. And then my album got marked as explicit on all the streaming services. A comic who's known to be clean. The whole album had an eating. Like, I had religious figures from my past life reaching out to me. I'm like, oh, are you okay? Are you, are you speaking? Are you swearing a lot now? <laughs> oh, my God. It's so freaking funny. Like, no, that's the whole city of Minneapolis who's angry because their football team has never won a football championship so fucking funny. <laughs> as far as I've known. So we talked about that last time. And another thing that we talked about, uh, I don't remember how we got there, but it was about how you eventually, beginning of your career, it was a big break working in Vegas yeah. at this comedy festival. Yeah. And I told you, I'm like, oh, I got to bring my program from when I was yeah. there. Did you bring it? I found it. Yeah. Yes. Did you bring two so we could put one on eBay? <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. These things are priceless. Yeah. So, uh, for people that don't remember, you uh, back in, see, this is why I yeah. said two. For people who don't remember this. <laughs> so, people don't remember this conversation we had a year and a half ago. I mean, I listened to it two hours ago. No, I know that they would know that conversation, but the festival was a little obscure, probably. Absolutely. It was short running. And the only, re yeah, the only reason I was there is because I worked at a radio show in the Twin Cities, and we would go to Vegas for a, a few days in November that happened to be the exact same time this festival was going. It was a good, there were a lot of big names on it. It was a good festival. So at one point, Michael Palisak won, uh, they had this thing, um, Sierra Mist sponsored something. Mm -hmm. like the a, Sierra Mist, uh, luck, or that was the one through Zanies that I won that so got me. You won a thing through Zanies. Yeah. Zanies, who well, you were wearing Chicago a hat earlier hat. today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all fitting together. So I, so here's the uh, program from the Comedy Festival yep. in uh, Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas, November 14, 17, 2007. And on this page here, the lucky 21, the people that won from their clubs. I'm going to yeah. give you some of these names here. Okay. First of all, Rooster T. Feathers. Yeah. The winner was Mike E. Winfield. Yeah, he just. Who we've had on this podcast, I don't know, eight, ten times. Well, he almost won America's almost Got Talent. Almost won America's Got Talent yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. He the was the guy that was really good. Like, there was everybody's really good, but I remember he went before me. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a great uh, young picture of Mikey Winfield yeah. <laughs> there. I'll go through some of the names real quick here. Tommy yeah. Blaze. Yep. John Branion. Dave John. Metcalf. Richie Redding. Mark Simmons. He won from the Laugh House in Philadelphia. And yeah. then someone named Michael Palisak with hair that looked very different than it does now. <laughs> uh, won from Zanies in Chicago. Yeah. So that haircut... I, I had uh you going to read the rest of the other Well, I'm going to go. So yeah. I'm just quickly. So the lucky 21, there's obviously must be 21 names yeah, here. Yeah. I'm going to go through other ones real quick just yeah, to give people it. an example of the names that, yeah. uh, just, uh, and you can uh, maybe, do I know who this person yeah, is? Yeah. Do I not know? Jake Ian, Ian Arino. Uh, Clearly someone I've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, I don't, I didn't get really close to him. Uh, someone named Joe List. Oh, yeah. Go Actually, Joe. Huge comedian now. Yep. Yeah. Joe's doing fantastic. <coughs> Phil, Phil Palisol. Phil's hilarious. Phil's hilarious. Phil's another guy that like destroyed. He was a big sitcom writer before that. Like he and his wife were like showrunners on sitcoms in the nineties. Oh wow! Yeah, he was on a very early episode of this podcast. Oh like really? The first season, yes. Yeah. Uh, the first year, I guess I would say. There's no seasons. Uh, Susan Rice, Tim Wilkins, Jose Sardui. Sardui. Yep. He has a big dry bar special. Oh okay. Yeah. David, the Midnight Swinger Scott. Midnight Swinger. He's still around. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Uh, AJ Finney. Uh huh. He's John. A John Betts Jr., John Betts, yep. David Nickerson, Alan Goodwin, uh -huh. Gabriel Rutledge, 
and Chris White. Yeah. So as you can see, not maybe... It was a good stepping stone for some and maybe not for others. Well, you know how stand-up goes. Like, I didn't have a chance to say something like nice about all those guys, but I think some people, <clears throat> they're really good at stand-up and they keep going at it, and some people are really good at stand-up and they just, you know, find other things. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. it was. Uh, I was pretty young then, obviously, because it was so long. <laughs> but, like, it was really, that was, like, the first big thing. for. That's how I first met all the industry. And uh, <clears throat> so my haircut... I had an agent in Chicago at the time for TV and commercial, and I, I did uh, The Wizard of Oz, like, right out of college. Okay. It was, like, a play. It's a play, <laughs> if you've heard of it. <laughs> and I was the Scarecrow. Uh, it was, like, just a thing to do that was fun. And uh, it was, like, a theater hike, so it was outside. Anyways, I had to grow my hair out for that, and she saw it. And she's like, oh, I love your new style. I'm like, all right, my hair's longer now. <laughs> and then I just kind of kept it, like, So you shaggy. got to be one of those people that go, oh, it's for a role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's what, because I did plays in college, and I was, like, before I knew about stand-up, really, I knew about it before I really got into it, and I, that was one of my favorite parts. Was like before a show, you just got to your hair could be whatever because they were like, "We'll cut this or leave that." True. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Google calls you a TV writer. Have yeah. you seen that? I did see that. What What's up with that? I don't know. I think I've written for myself on the Comedy Central the half hour. <laughs> like my comedy, I did write for Disney TV animation one time. They had like a little weekend where they. The, you got to come in and like sort of sort of see what they do. Oh. Basically, the people that worked at Disney TV Animation weren't wanted to do something. They, they were on strike, and you. Well, I think the producers were like, "Well, we should have new people in." So they had like a thing where you came in and like punched up a script and then did voiceover stuff, and I punched up a script and I got a check for it. So I think like they used some of the stuff, oh. but uh, I think the main TV writing thing is just like my stand up on TV. Oh, okay. I get writing credit for the special that I did. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I've never written for TV. <laughs> like TV Come on, TV. Google, get your act together. <laughs> You're supposed to know everything. Yeah. I like that life. Like one of my friends, uh, Tommy Johnigan is really funny stand up and he writes for TV and he has kids and he gets to live in his city all the time and you know, he has season tickets to the Clippers and like he can go to all the games. And like, it's like and you make a ton of money. Like it's a very nice life. But I think the other thing I like um, about stand-up is just being able to like the potential of your career is so high and it's so fun and um, last time when you were here you said I never want to be uh, like I don't have to go on the road anymore because because I love it I love doing stand-up <laughs> that's what you said and yeah. you follow that with I don't love the road but the road is fine <coughs> what I like is writing a joke that makes make people laugh that don't know who I am yeah that's fun huh yeah yeah I would like to alter it to say like I'm fine if you know me now like well, I mean, <laughs> yeah like tonight, you just you beat me to it I yeah. mean wouldn't it be cool to have everyone in the audience like yeah I think you can always fine i i know nate bargazzi from when we kind of started out and we did montreal at the same time and uh i went to see his show when i, we were, I was in reno the next day so i saw his show the day before and we were talking because he, he booked a show like somewhere in corpus christi texas at a club just like a normal club but he's doing like theaters you know yep. and he was like we're not selling tickets that much. so i think once you're famous and you're doing your like i think the money is just really helpful as a family person not with a child to like pay for things so i think once you're doing theaters <laughs> you can always find that city where no one's gonna come who knows you. like you can always find a place that people sure. don't know you sure <clears throat> and uh and even if you don't you can like drop in at clubs and they don't expect like you can find ways to get that feeling but i think now talking to my past self i would love to be able to just come out because it's fun and uh and still work as much as i do but because because it's fun and just sort of like uh have the lifestyle that's you know that i can support a family on and stuff yeah did you ever you're in la right yeah did you ever consider new york well i always just sort of it's gonna sound stupid but i sort of did 
like what people told me to do who were like on my team at the time. Like at first I was living with my parents and my parents were like, <clears throat> well, we can't afford for you to live in New York and not work. You can't, we can't afford for you to go to LA and not work, but we can afford for you to live here and not make money yet. Like you can live with us. We don't need you to bring in money for this household. So that's why I lived in Chicago with them. Yeah. And then I was there for a long time and I got a manager at that festival and he was like, you're making so much. I was doing so many shows on the road. He's like, why come out to LA? And he was in LA. So he would never say to come out to New York, I think. Cause he was like, it was a big company that produced TV shows. So it's like, why would you be in New York? Sure. You can do that on the road. And then, uh, but then it all flipped. It kind of seems like where people like Joe and Mark Norman and all these guys sort of got TV and movies and like Sam Real because they were big stand-ups in New York. So I think if I was a new comedian now, I don't know what I would do. My, my manager's in New York now and he's never told me to move out there. I like the idea of it, but now mm. when I'm home, I don't really go up that much anyways because I'm working. Ever, so I, this is the most I've ever worked. So it's like when I'm home, I just spend time with my kid and then try to, you know, clean up when he goes to sleep and then go to do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd be able to use New York for what it's worth right now, but maybe oh. when my son's older. Interesting. And in school and He's stuff. holding you back. I get it. No, no. It's I'm totally kidding. It's uh, <laughs> the best experience of my life. <laughs> I feel like when I talk about being a dad on stage, like I do it in a positive way, but in a real way. Mm -hmm. And I like that he's made me relatable to that. Like, uh, that's one thing I really love about my situation is like, uh, as a comedian <coughs> of my level, I just don't have the resources to be like, oh, can you come watch him for a whole week while I go do so? It's like, no, I'm going to be the one that's with him. And, and, I don't know. I think I would have done that anyways, but I'm glad that I had to, especially during the pandemic. Like I got to be around him the whole time. Oh yeah. And uh, if for some reason he forgets about me, I'll never forget about him. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I'm going to share a dad moment with you right now. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. Um, uh, it happened today. So now I, I'm going to get it on. Uh, it's going to be recorded for life now. Yeah. Yeah. My three year old for the first time ever, ever. Yeah said i love you to me today Aww. yeah that's beautiful because she normally just says you too yeah. i mean uh, not normally that's all yeah. she's ever said is you too i love you you yeah. too today she said i love you back to me what did you do like what happened how did it work out uh, what played i was leaving to come here and, and she just said i love yeah, you yeah i said it first and she said the all three words back Aww. to me i know that's in fact i didn't even tell my wife because well she got hers yesterday so okay. i think i think we've turned a corner that's she great. said it to my wife yesterday for the first time and yeah. me for the first time today however we've heard her say i love you before yeah only to one person and it was over two months ago. She yeah. took over two months to say it to either of her parents. But who you know did who she, she say said to it to first? No. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> was it Mickey Mouse live or on the TV? Uh, stuffed animal Mickey Mouse <laughs> that she sleeps with. In her defense, it is Mickey. Like, that's Mickey to her. And, you know. He, she she said it with so much feeling. Yeah. In front of both of her parents, both me and my wife. Well, years and years of marketing and research has gone into making that Mickey Mouse lovable. I guess. And you guys are just who you are. I know. I, I wasn't <laughs> created by Walt Disney. <laughs> you make her eat vegetables sometimes. Like oh, Mickey's like. Oh yeah. Uh huh. I say no to things. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember the how old he was when he said I love you, but I do know. It was like he would go to bed and then he like I have a mat in his room next to it. It's kind of like a like a foam thing like that. And he would want me to lay there while he fell asleep a little bit. And at first I wouldn't do it. But then it was like, well, it's not a big deal. Like the whole sleep hygiene has like really gone off the rails since he was like one and a half, like up to like one and a half too. It was like very in. I'm out. You cry for 10 minutes. Easy. 
<clears throat> and then his mom was like, well, you can hold him a little bit. And it just like, well, that's just, it's all destroyed now. <clears throat> so now that, that I would lay next to him and then that's when he said, I love you. And I think I couldn't tell. I think part of it's just like, cause I didn't leave. He's like, Oh, I'm so glad you're here still. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm glad you're a bad parent and you're not leaving me to <laughs> self-soothe. Yes, keep it up. Keep it up, Dad. Keep it up, Dad. Um, let's talk about let's see what else here. Is there any are you you have one dry bar? I one know dry I'm bar. hearing people are doing second ones now. Yeah. Have they contacted you at all for a well, second one? I think like six months ago, my the guy that books stuff for me was like uh I feel weird saying my agent. Uh he is one, but it feels like very Hollywood. Anyways, my agent said he asked me if I wanted to do one. And I said I would do one the next time they were going around to do them. Uh, I just want to do something that I can have a little more control over. Okay. And, or something that has like a little, that's on like a bigger streaming service. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. Maybe that'll, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But yeah. Wait, how close are you to having something to be recorded well, right now? <clears throat> yeah, I have everything I'm doing now is stuff that wasn't on the last album and awesome. hasn't been on a dry bar. So yeah. um, this is the most prepared I've been to record something um, ever in my life. So, yeah. But there's no plan or nothing you can there's, say right I now? I don't know. I talked to my <clears throat> my manager about it, and he was like, Sirius had their whole thing where they were having people sign away their rights to stuff because uh, s- comedians on Sirius – and streaming services don't get the writer's fee that, like, songwriters get. Oh, yes, I've heard about this. So there was a whole thing, and I signed the thing because people told me to sign the thing. And then all those so those people are like, well, you let's get out of that. And I'm like, well, I'm already in it. Like, I don't know. And they they, they still play my stuff, so it is, it's, I'm still doing okay. Um, so then there was a hold on that. And then, like, the company I did with mine with last time, I just – what I would like is a company that doesn't do like all of everyone's everyone's special, everyone's album. Like it seems like some of these companies do everybody's, which is fine. I'm glad that everyone has an opportunity. But I I feel like I wanna do one that's sort of like gonna showcase it a little more. Okay. And I feel like uh that might just be me recording it and putting it up on YouTube or something. Um because I'll I'll just do mine. Yeah. Maybe a couple more people's, but I don't know how it's gonna work out. I'm gonna be home at Zany's in Chicago in Ap- March and April. So I think maybe that week I'll record something and do okay. it. Not to advertise a different club, but Both. Acme hasn't given me a hat yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I did my last one in Acme, and it was the most successful I've ever had with an album, Look and the that. most I've ever loved it. And um, like I would do it here again, but I feel like it's good to like do different places. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, other the yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what you do now. Like I do my hour now. And I'm like, well, this is all stuff I've done before, but it's like, there's no room. Like, I'm not going to kick out jokes that are doing well that people haven't really, like, seen in the world yet. So right. I'm kind of just, I've never been in this place before. Right. How uh, how much do you hate or love TikTok? I love TikTok. You love TikTok. I'm on a high-scale TikTok. Oh, I like it as a user because it, it gives me stuff that I want. Like, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but you whatever you watch just gives you more of it. I, uh, yes, I've, I've uh, come to the dark side, yes. My favorite thing to watch on TikTok is this guy. I forget what it's called, but I, uh, you can like search it. I, I should probably say what it is. There's a couple things. There's a girl who does a recap of the NFL every week as the different coaches, and it's like uh, it's like a board meeting with every team there, and she just has like a one-liner for like almost every game. Oh wow! And it's really good. Wow. And I feel like I should know these people. I don't. I'm not gonna be able to find it now. Maybe yeah. we'll post it in like the YouTube comments sure. or whatever. And then there's another guy who takes like old footage of non-professional games, but like. 
that have been on TV and like analyzes them like they're like an NFL game. And he does like a uh, old rock and jock football game. And he does one that Wedding Crashers football scene where Bradley Cooper like blindsides Vince Vaughn. He breaks it down like it's like NFL films. Oh, and that's funny. I laugh. I, I cry because it's so funny to me as someone who likes sports. Yeah, yeah. So I like that about TikTok. And then just as a comic, my jokes have worked pretty well on TikTok. But on Instagram, like they've just blown up. And I think that that's allowed me, even though I don't have a new special out there, um, to sort of connect with a lot of people. And when they come out to see the show, they see stuff they haven't seen before. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I saw you're posting stuff from, uh, what, 10 years old ago? Old albums. Yeah, yeah, I post all the old stuff. And I even, like, do old jokes and record them and then put those out there because I'm not – they're already on albums. So yeah, I think, like, go. that's a great way to connect with people. And maybe that'll be a step to, like, someone seeing it and be like, oh, he should do a special. A lot of fans have said I should do a special. Like, a lot of fans have been like, you should be on this streaming service. But I don't think those people know the president of Netflix or whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, who do you know? So I love that social media. It's allowed me to do my own thing, and uh, and I think it's great. Can you explain to me uh, uh, a thing that pops up occasionally on my For You is these people that are like, um, uh, make me laugh. They're just like silent, and then they want you to make them laugh. Oh, uh, what those are? Yeah, well, I don't get that. Um, I don't understand... From each side, I don't understand that person just sitting there quietly and then reading things and like I'm gonna be quiet until you make me laugh. And I also don't understand the other like why would I sit there to make? Are you they laugh? live? Yes. Okay, yes, so live. I think it's just like people are their fans. They're probably really big, and they're that's just a sort no, of way. They, to go. If this is somebody like uh, you know, it could be me sitting in my oh really bathroom like I've I'm not a comedian, those. just yeah. like yeah. silent. I don't just, know, just reading stuff that people post. Well, they're reading it. You don't know. I mean, yeah, reading the silent. comments. Yeah, yeah. It's silent. I don't get it. Do you yeah. see those, Brandon? No, I'm. I guess I, my for you. Well, sucks, I apparently. think there's. That's what's cool about TikTok is there's so much stuff out there that you would see that. Like my experience with TikTok is different than that. Like everybody that has it, but I, I, you can look for that stuff. Yeah. But I don't think it, that doesn't seem that fun. I don't <laughs> it's think not. I, I don't think I want to look for it's that. It's not. Do you ever check the live? That's what I guess. That's probably where sometimes I those pop up on my for you page. I usually okay. just scroll through the lives. Sometimes I watch the video game ones, which is sad. <laughs> but it's like the, the old school video game ones are fun to watch. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. I got a buddy who we used to play the NHL, you know, 93, yeah. 94, 95. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. And there was a guy streaming the other night, yeah. and I freaking was like, yeah. I shared it with my buddy, you yeah. know, who lives in Florida. Just yeah. like, look at that, he's playing the game. Yeah. <laughs> he's playing the game. I mean, I didn't watch for very long, but it does but bring yeah. back a couple for sure. fun memories and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that stuff. Uh, finally, I think I know the answer. To, well, I do know the answer to this, but I want you to say, what kind of merch did you bring? What are you selling after the shows when oh, people man. come and say hi? I was just going to bring a shirt to show you guys, and I was going to give you one. I can give you one. Um, oh, they're not back? Seen. They're at the hotel? I should have left them here. I left them at the left front them of the hotel. You son of a gun. But I have these new shirts. Uh, I have a joke about how a guy came up to me after a show here one time and was like, I don't want to be a stalker. But I saw a video of yours on YouTube, and that's why I came to the show tonight. So now I have shirts that say, not a stalker on it, just so people don't have to say that. <laughs> they can so just fantastic. They can just buy it, and I'll know <laughs> that they're not stalkers. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> And then you have a download card still? Well, I sold out of my download cards. Oh, in one night? Well, not in one night. I need to order more. I've sold out of them over the last two years. But I have the CD version for people that have like Mercedes Benzes with CD (laughs) players. I was talking to a friend. A lot of Mercedes Benzes still have CD players because I think the older generation that can afford those, they like CDs. Um, But in general, it's just if you have a CD player, it's it's the one that I did here. I have a couple of those left and I have the other two left too. And then uh, that's it to buy. You can like download the other ones online and stuff too. Sure. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, thanks. Um, I think that's probably, um, yeah. Oh, we could wrap it up there. I, people ought to follow you on all the social medias. Yeah. Um, 
YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I need to post more on YouTube shorts, but I'm on Instagram a ton. I put do a lot of stories. It's Michael Palsack. And then TikTok, too. I signed up for uh, Michael's Contemplations. Yes. Am I going to get any more, or yeah. are these done? No, I just sent one out. When did, when did you sign up? This morning. <laughs> okay. So, yes, I do one a month, and uh, I just sent one a couple weeks ago. So, there'll be one before the end of the year. Okay. Yeah, and if you want to see the rest of them, they're in my story highlights on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a few old ones like posted on yeah. Facebook or but, something. Yeah, but and it had been a while. And then I went to your website and signed up. I'm like, oh, this, did I just sign up for something that doesn't exist? No, I just feel I don't have like a, I do everything myself. If everyone's like, who's talking? Who am I talking to? Anyways, I <laughs> reply to all my messages. I don't hire somebody. So when you sign up for my email list, you don't get an email that says confirm this because I don't, I don't know how to do that. And it's <laughs> not a big deal. If it looks like you're fake, who cares? <laughs> so I uh, basically. Well, my manager was like, oh, I really like people that send out emails. I think it's fun. And, and he, so a lot of people send them out where it's like, here are five things I like, and here's another thing I like, and then all this stuff. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I want to give people something that's like not a week's worth of work, but maybe a night's worth of work. So I basically kind of like take a topic and kind of contemplate it or just sort of ramble on it. And like it's like stand up. It's I say it's like a podcast you read because uh, it's sometimes it's funny and and it's uh, sometimes it's insightful. But it's just sort of like a little thing, and people seem to like it. And usually when I send one out, I usually lose like two or three followers, but I gain two or three. So <laughs> and I gain a lot when I post on social media. So I think people like it, and I just keep doing it. So it's it's worth it. Yeah, and then I post my dates at the end, and uh, what I like about it is, like, you know, Elon Musk can't just buy my email list. Like, he can buy Instagram, he can buy whatever, and they can take apart that stuff. But yeah. I have these people's emails, not in a weird way, but in a way, like, they can keep, keep like, being stalkers. Not being stalkers. If they want to. And it, right. And according to the, uh, uh, you know, what I'm seeing on the news right now, TikTok is stealing on that, using all that information to, you know, plot yes. against us. So who knows what's going to happen to TikTok? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be sad. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about that stuff to know how they're going to take my information to plot against me. Like, am I supposed to be going to work and they're going to be like, look at these videos over here? <laughs> <laughs> and then the economics of the world just fall apart in America. Yeah, so be careful. Yeah. <laughs> it's all on you, Michael. Yeah. Well, the government should start an anti TikTok where it's just like, here's all the things that make the world better. No one likes that. Only videos that make the world better. That's not interesting to people. People like car crashes. We and would accidents. like, we would trick them. Trick them? We'd be like, this is even cooler than tiktok and then all of a sudden people are like volunteering and cleaning up garbage we'll uh we'll uh we'll check back on that i mean it seems a little back. fascist but anyways <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming in and doing this today Thanks, Justin. and uh hopefully we'll do it again uh, in about a year that sounds great perfect yeah cool. <laughs>